0: It's it's been a tough week for I guess weekend for our our family. It's been uh, emotional and, and challenging, and it is always fascinating to me that God always has a timely message. And um, every lesson that I ever do with you has always run through the lens of me first. Uh, But this one just feels like all me and hope you get something out of it. It is it is uh, uh, a message for a time of of hardship to be able to not fear God and to completely put your trust in him. Uh, We're going to look at this picture in the Gospel of Matthew from chapter 14. Matthew tells these accounts and he puts them together in particular ways to carry out these teaching threads. And when you hold these uh, accounts together, you can see the beauty of what Jesus is trying to uh, teach his disciples in the face of the rejection uh, that he's presently experiencing. And that is certainly true today as we're going to look at two accounts uh, and, and hold them together and see the beauty of what Jesus wants his disciples to understand Uh, uh, about him you will notice in Matthew chapter 14 and we're going to begin in verse 13 and notice a scene that if you have grown up in the pews is what we often call the the feeding of the 5,000 and what is a a, a beautiful scene here is that now we've come off of a very negative scene you will notice that verse 13 of Matthew 14 says but when Jesus heard this well heard what well Heard that John had been executed. Remember that he has been beheaded for preaching to Herod, that he had an unlawful marriage. This rejection is beginning to mount uh, in the land of Israel against Jesus. And Jesus now is going to remove himself and go to a desolate place by himself. But you will notice that the middle of verse 13 says that when the crowds uh, saw this or heard this, They followed him on foot from the towns. You have to love that. You don't have the crowds going, oh, there goes Jesus in the boat. I sure hope he comes back soon. (laughs) Jesus gets in the boat and pushes off. And you can envision them now walking along the sea, watching where he's going and moving along the shoreline all the way around the Sea of Galilee, watching where his boat is going so that they can be there when he gets out of the boat. They're not interested in just waiting, hope he comes back one day. But they are truly wanting to be with Jesus and are now following him along the shoreline, waiting to see where Jesus is going to get out of the boat. Notice in verse 14, it says, he, when he went ashore, he saw the great crowd and had compassion on them and healed the sick. I want you to see something beautiful about Jesus is that Jesus does not get to the other side and go, guys, I need a break. You got to give me a minute. I have been with you for days and, you you know, I just need a recharge. I just need a restart. Could you just give me a day? Hang out here. I'll see you tomorrow and we'll we'll pick it up. But, you know, a guy's got to rest. He sees all of the crowds following him around, even though he is going to a desolate place. And it says he has compassion on them and doesn't turn them away. Uh, Again, I want this character of God to be emphasized to you that God does not turn away people who are truly seeking him. Those who really want him, he is there for them. And he is not going to say to you, you know, you just need to wait till tomorrow or maybe next week. He sees the crowd. He has compassion and he begins to heal them right there on the spot. And I want you to notice that the day just continues on. In verse 15, we're told now it is evening and the disciples come to him and say, this is a desolate place and the day is now over Send the crowds away to go into the villages to buy food for themselves. I want you to hear that this is the compassion and forethought of the disciples. The disciples are looking at the day. It's now getting dark. Lord, you need to send them away so that they can have time to prepare, to go get a meal, to to be able to find a place to sleep tonight. We're told we're in a desolate place. We're in the middle of nowhere. And and so, Lord, we probably need to go ahead and shut things down and let everybody go on and find a place where they can get some food tonight and find a place to sleep. And I want you to notice what Jesus says here, because what he says is the key to both of these accounts. In verse 16, Jesus says they do not need to go away. And I just want that statement to rest within you for a moment. They don't need to go away, but Jesus, they need some food that they don't need to go away. They need a place to stay. They don't need to go away. They need to go make preparations. They don't need to go away. I want you to already see in the, the beauty of this first picture is Jesus is already communicating. They don't need to leave me. They don't need to go take matters into their own hands. They don't need to go provide for themselves. They don't need to go figure it out. They don't need time to sort out the rest of their day. They don't need to leave me. They can stay right here and they're going to be fine. They're going to can stay right here and they can be taken care of. And you'll notice the rest of what Jesus says to them. Jesus says to them, you give them something to eat. And I think this is important to think about for a minute. Do you think that Jesus didn't know what the supplies were on hand? Because they certainly give him an inventory. In verse 17, we have only five loaves and two fish. Jesus got into the boat with his disciples Do you think that Jesus didn't know that they didn't put enough food in there for 5,000 people plus women and children? Oh, you know, I thought we had stacked the boat full, sorry. Uh, He knows that they don't have food. He knows that they're in the middle of nowhere. This was intended to be a desolate place where nobody would be. He knows that they have nothing except this meager amount. And yet Jesus is communicating here and saying, they don't need to go. You give them something to eat. They're going to be satisfied right here. They're going to be taken care of right here. And so in verse 18, it says, he bring tests for the loaves and the fish to be brought to him. Verse 19, he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass and take five, taking the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up to heaven and said a blessing. And then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women. And children. I I want you to see the beauty of what happens here is that Jesus says they don't need to go anywhere. He takes what they have on hand and and he offers a prayer of thanksgiving to God. And, And I always just love the visual of the scene. You can just imagine as he's just taking loaves. And taking pieces of fish and and bread and giving it to the disciples and the disciples keep taking it and going to the people and coming back and getting more and going to the people. And you can imagine with 5,000 plus women and children with 12 guys doing this, this is a lot of going back and forth. And you can imagine at some point you've got to be thinking, surely we're, we're done now, right? I'm going to walk back and there's not going to be anymore. How many trips am I going to do to go get more of this, to take to the crowds that you're going to go? Yeah, I don't know if we're going to have enough here, but they keep going and going and going. And not only does Jesus provide for them. But they're able to be fully satisfied and not only fully satisfied, the text says that there are leftovers beyond what they even started with. Way beyond what even started with 12 baskets full of leftovers. They are good for days at this point after what Jesus has done. What Jesus is communicating right here is that he is the place of life satisfaction, and it's these three things that I want to ingrain into your mind today that we're going to see them as we come to the walking on the water scene in just a moment. Number one, that Jesus provides for his followers. Number two, he is able to satisfy his followers. And he's able to give abundantly beyond even what they need. What Jesus' message is you don't need to go anywhere. You don't need to leave me. I have what you need. I can provide for you. I can satisfy you. I can give you even more than you could possibly think. I will give you abundantly beyond what you even need. If you will just stay here with me, I will take care of you. Now, hold these three things in your mind. I'm not going to let you lose them because I'm going to say these three things an awful lot. But hold those three ideas in your mind and now carry them over to the scene that is now before us that was read for us this morning in verse 22. Verse 22 begins with the word immediately. Matthew is connecting the two scenes. We have immediately after we have fed these 5,000 plus women and children, gathered up all of the leftovers, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. Guys, okay, you've done your job. You've given them the food. Get in the boat. Go back to the other side. I will finish up here. I will get the crowds to, to be able to go. I will dismiss the crowds. You go ahead and get on. So verse 23, after he dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray, and when evening came, he was there alone. Don't have time for it, not the point of the sermon, but if Jesus goes to desolate place, pr- places to pray, we probably should too. You take that one on the side. Interesting to see that with Jesus. He goes, You guys go on. I'm dismissing the crowds. I've shown them my care. I'm going to go pray by myself for a while. Verse 24 But the boat by this time was a long way from land, beaten by the waves for the wind was against them. You get the picture now as the next verse observes that they are now pushing through the Sea of Galilee in this boat for quite a long time, trying to get across because the wind is against them. And it says that the the boat is being beaten by the waves. And we're told in verse 25, it's the fourth watch of the light night. So we're before dawn, we're in like the wee hours of the morning, 4 a.m., 5 a.m., something like that. It's been... A very long day and now a long night as they're trying to go back across the sea. And so here you are in the middle of the sea, in the middle of the darkness. And I just want verse 25 to to rest on you. Jesus came to them walking on the sea. And you're up in the pews that just, you know, you can let that fly by, but don't let that fly by. They are in the middle of the boat fighting the waves. And Jesus goes, you know, I don't need a boat, right? And he just starts walking to catch up. I mean, you had to think when the disciples had to take off without him, like, when's he going to catch up to us? He's going to walk all the way around. He's not going to walk all the way around. He'll take the direct route right through the sea. He is now walking on the sea in the middle of the night. And the reaction of the disciples, I think, is appropriate. It is the middle of the night. You'll notice the verse 26. When they saw him walking on the sea, they are terrified. They are crying out and they are screaming, it's a ghost. If you're in the boat in the middle of the darkness and you see some dark shadowy figure walking on the water towards you, That's not normal. I'm having a heart attack. What is going on? What is happening right now? That's that's what their reaction is. Of course you would. What is going on? We see somebody out there walking on the sea. And they are screaming. I would be with them. Absolutely terrified. Get us out of here. Row harder. What is that? Verse 27. Immediately Jesus spoke to them. Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. It's all right. It's just me. <laughs> now, you have to love Peter here. I, and I'm, I'm a big rallier of Peter. I don't like that everybody caps on Peter. I mean, watch, look at Peter with this. Peter says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Love it. All right, prove it. <laughs> You're able to feed over 5,000 people with only five loaves, two fish, and have 12 baskets left over. You're able to walk on the water. So if it's really you, tell me to come out on the water. We're terrified in here. If that's you, tell me to come says there in verse 29, Jesus goes, come on. Well, that just put the ball back in your court. (laughs) I want you to think about that for a minute. We're told that the winds against them, verse 24, the boat is beaten by the waves. So don't visualize a, a sea of glass here. You going to put your foot out of the boat? If it's you, tell me to come. He goes, all right. Come on. Would you? I I I want you to see a faith-filled Peter throwing a leg out of that boat. And standing on water and walking to Jesus. I think I might have just said, I believe it. It's you. If it's you, make me come. All right. Come on. Okay. Amazing faith right here. I want you to see this. This is no small faith to make the request. And follow through. Verse 29. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. (laughs) I I guess I'm silly like that. I always just think about, well, what did that seem to feel like and look like? Can you imagine standing there and going, this is working? (laughs) Taking a step. Well, that worked. The wind's howling. Another step. He's just walking to Jesus. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'd be on the water going, best day of my life. This is unbelievable. Make sure you get a photo of this, guys. Yeah, bummer, huh? You want verse 29 to be the end of the story, don't you? I do. I want that to be great faith. Verse 30. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Jesus puts his finger on something in this moment. Peter doubts in the moment. Why does Peter doubt? The text tells us he saw the wind. It's almost like this reality moment, right? It's like you're doing this and then you look around and go, dude, I'm doing this. This this is unbelievable, and you see the circumstances around you, and you see the wind blowing and the boat behind you is still going up and down, and the storm is going on. And it's just almost sudden just like a, a moment where you look at the situation and you and you realize what's going on. And in this moment, I want you to see that he doubts. well, what's he doubting? I submit to you, he's doubting that Jesus has him. Doubting Jesus' care, doubting Jesus' power, doubting Jesus' ability. Please hear this. He looks at the situation and doubts Jesus. He looks at what he's doing and now doubts that Jesus can finish this off for him. Started strong, but now we start sinking. And what is particularly interesting about this scene is I want you to notice what happens in verse 32, because this is very important to the whole of the story. And when they got into the boat, the wind stopped. What's Jesus doing? You know, I would have wanted to say, could you make the wind stop while I'm walking on the water? could you make the wind stop before I get out of the boat? (laughs) Only when they get all the way back to the boat, the wind stops. Why? What's Jesus saying? You know I had full control of this whole thing. I had full control of this whole thing. And he shows it. As soon as they're in the boat, and they get it because verse 33, they worship, they get it. Truly, you're the son of God. You had full control over all of it. Why did we doubt you? Why were we afraid? Why did we wonder? Why were we skeptical? You had full control. You could have made it stop at any time. You you had full control over everything. And you can just imagine just going back through the day. 5,000 people plus women and children. Lord, it's getting late. You need to send them away. They don't need to go anywhere. I've got this. I'm all that you need. Let me prove it to you guys. Get in the boat. Shoot across the sea. Winds are beating them down. The waves are getting them. Jesus comes walking out. They're terrified. Jesus says, don't be afraid. It's me. Have courage. And then he shows that he had full control over the whole scene. I'm walking on the water. Peter, you're walking on the water and I can make this wind stop at any given moment alright three things for us three messages I want to talk about then from these two scenes number one don't doubt Jesus we don't need to go anywhere because he has exactly what we need he has the power to provide he has the power to satisfy and he can give you abundantly more than you need and what was jesus showing when he's walking on the water it doesn't matter what the circumstances are it doesn't matter what's going on around you it doesn't matter what the winds and the waves are looking like I provide and I satisfy. You don't need to go anywhere when you are struggling in life. You don't need to go away from him because he can provide, satisfy, and give abundantly more than you need. You don't need to go anywhere. Well, I've got to take care of my needs and I've got to take care of my life. You don't need to go anywhere because Jesus provides and satisfies and gives you what you need. You don't need to leave Jesus and go into temptations like we talked about last Sunday night in our James series. Jesus will give you what you need. He will satisfy and he will provide for you. Don't leave Jesus because you see the winds howling. He will provide. He will satisfy and he will give you abundantly what you need. He is trying to drive this teaching point into us. We do not need to doubt. We do not need to worry. We do not need to wonder. He will provide. He will satisfy. He will give you abundantly what you need. Which ties closely to the second one. Jesus' own words. You don't need to be afraid. First to Peter. Why did you doubt? I've got you. Number two. Don't be afraid. I'm here. I have you in this moment. The reason we do not need to be afraid is because Jesus is showing that He has complete control over the situation. This is not our moment to sink when life gets scary. This is not our moment to go drowning into the water. This is our moment to show that we believe that God can provide and satisfy and give us more than we could possibly need. He will do it for us. He will provide for us. He will satisfy us. He will give us more than we need. But the way to not doubt and the way to not fear is to understand and to truly believe and see that he's in charge of the storm. He's in charge of the storm. And I can sit here all day and say, I wish you would turn off the storm days ago, weeks ago, months ago, years ago. But we have to see that he will tell the winds to stop when it's time for the winds to stop. He has the power and he has the compassion and he is sufficient for our lives. And there's going to be times where he's going to let those winds blow hard. And I can wonder while I'm trying to stand on the water why he's letting the wind still blow. But we have to see him in charge of the storm. And he'll tell the winds to stop when it's time. You see that picture as the the scene ends. Bring your eyes back to Matthew chapter 14. Look at verse 34. And when they crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent around to all the region and brought to him all who were sick and implored him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment And as many as touched it were made well. It's a a perfect ending to the scene. They recognized him as the son of God. So they went to him for their needs, for their desires, for their healing. And Jesus provided, satisfied, and gave them more than they needed. It's the perfect end to the scene. Here he comes back over the other side and they know who he is and they come running to him and they are looking for satisfaction from him. They are looking for provision from him. They are looking for what he will give abundantly. And notice that that's the pictures that just as the disciples in the boat are worshiping him because they recognize him as the son of God because they've seen what he is able to do. And so that's just an overflow of their heart. The same thing here as well. They are just imploring him that if we could just touch the fringe of his garment we could be healed because we know who you are we believe in your power we believe in your ability we know what you can do you can give us what we need you can heal you can satisfy you're the one that we need and that is ultimately where our worship drives from is that we're able to see how God can care for us and we worship him for it let me end with this final final thought The reason Peter's failure did not end in a complete catastrophe is because Jesus didn't fail him. You know, Jesus could stand there and go, well, I guess you're going to drown because I told you to come and you should have believed me. Now, I love Peter because in one minute we can have the boldness of faith and in the next minute we can start sinking. And the reason our failure does not end in catastrophe is because Jesus doesn't ever fail us. You can trust him with your life. You can trust him for provision. You can trust him for satisfaction. You can trust that he will give you abundantly beyond what you need to carry you through whatever your difficulty is. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father. Lord, the wind can just blow so hard against us. And Lord, we can feel like we're ready for the storm. We can feel like we're full of faith and ready to come out of the boat. Lord, I pray that you would help us be strong when we start seeing the winds blow. Lord, help us to believe that you will always pick us up and that we have no reason to doubt you. We have no reason for fear. Lord, we know that you are the one who provides for us every good and perfect gift. We know that you are the only place of satisfaction and we know that you give far beyond what we could possibly need. Lord, help us to never forget it. And in our times of difficulty and hardship, Lord, help us not to run from you, but run to you. And Lord, please emblazon into our hearts that you are in full control of the circumstance. And we might wonder why the winds have to keep blowing. But I know that we have a lot to still learn. You have much to still teach us. Help us to stand strong with our eyes on you, knowing that you have full control over all things. Strengthen our faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing invitation song. We invite you to come to Jesus today before it's too late. To see this God as a God who will take care of you no matter the hardship, no matter the pain. And friends, it's hardships that make you want to turn and go. It's the hardships that make you want to quit. It's the hardships that make you want to say, just let me sink. God says, I've got you. Turn to him with all of your heart. Give your life to him and trust him. Can we help you do that? Won't you come while we stand and while we sing?